Lizzie. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, go with me in your Bibles to John 10.10. 10. This morning, the goal is to wrap this teaching up that we've been on now. This is the seventh week, week, seventh week of it. And um, I hope you've gotten as much out of this teaching as I have, because I have been tremendously blessed by it. Amen. Um, John 10.10, 10, I love this scripture. And, you know, it, what really got me excited about this scripture is when I found out what the words more abundantly mean. Because, again, it, I think it just takes it to the next level. You know, I've heard one minister say, I think it was Brother Hagin, talk about, you know, you can find gold on the top. You know, little bits and pieces of gold here and there and so forth. But if you really want to get to the gold, you've got to do some digging. And that's the truth with the scriptures. If you really want to get the greater revelations, you need to learn to study it out. Get in, I mean, I know this might sound weird, but literally get into the Greek. Study it out. Find out what the, the actual Greek meaning of certain words are. And that's what we did here, where more, more abundantly is concerned. So the Bible says here in John 10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life. And that they may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word that we're going to bring forth today. We expect, Father God, for greater revelation and understanding of this word. We expect today, Father God, to leave from this place with a greater revelation and understanding of what your word says about this life that Jesus came to give us. This more abundant, super abundant, overflowing, excessive, profuse lifestyle that Jesus came to give us. We thank you, Lord God, that we're going to be those people who walk this out in our lives. And we give you praise and glory for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So Jesus says, I, Jesus Christ, who cannot lie, it's impossible for me to lie, have come. Did Jesus come? I have come. What was the reason he came? To give you life. How many know if that would have been the end of the scripture, it would have been shouting grounds? Because that word life there is zoe, the God kind of life. It doesn't stop there, does it? It goes on to, I have come to give you life, and I've come to give it to you more abundantly. Excessively. Super abundantly. Over and above. Extraordinarily. I mean, come on. This is the life that Jesus Christ came to give us. Amen. <laughs> and we're not talking about a duration of time. I like a lot of people sit there and they read this. They read the word eternal life in here. And they think that, well, that's just talking about we get to live forever. Well, guess what? If anybody has ever been born into this planet, they live forever. Did you know that? It doesn't matter whether you're saved or unsaved. You're going to live forever. If you're saved, you get to go to heaven. If you're unsaved, you get to go to hell. It's a choice you make. God's given you that choice. Receive his gift of salvation, which comes through Jesus Christ, or reject it. I don't know about you, but since I've been living for Jesus Christ, I am determined. I mean, I am thankful that I've received his life. Amen. And now I'm determined to live that life all the days of my life. Hallelujah. And what I like about this is it's changing my mentality. I don't know why it sometimes takes, and I've been doing this now for over 20 years, been in the ministry. 
But it's like, it's, it's a progression kind of thing. You can progress and grow in this stuff. And God begins to illuminate you to more and more and more. I've heard teaching along these lines for years. But it's just becoming even more real to me now than ever before. It's becoming even more real to me than ever before. That this life that Jesus Christ came to give me, he wants me to experience it to the overflow. Isn't that the kind of God we've seen that he is? He's in the cup overflowing business. He's in the boat sinking business, the net breaking business. He loves to do things to the overflow, doesn't he? He wants us so blessed that the world looks at us and envies us. Instead of us envying the world and what they have. I mean, come on. You watch all of these different things. All of these actors and actresses and, and professional singers and all of this stuff. And the lifestyle that they're living. And they always show it. It's so glorious. They don't show the back, bad side, do they? They don't show the, the parties they go to when they're snorting cocaine and drinking and, and drugging and all that stuff and whoring and getting married for a three months and getting a divorce because that person cheated on that person and so forth and so on. They don't show you that side of it. They make it out to look really good. And all, too many people in the church are looking at that and say, ooh, I don't want to live like that. No, you don't. You want to live the way God wants you to live. You want to experience the life Jesus came to give you. And it should be a life. Now get this. It should be a life. Just like it was for Isaac where the Philistines were concerned. He sowed in that land in the middle of a famine. Reaped a hundredfold. And they, the Philistines looked at him and said, Oh, man. I want what he's got. They envied him. How much more should that be said of us? Children of God. Do we not have a better covenant based upon better promises? Come on. I mean, this is something else that's been stirring in me. Do you see that little jig? Do you see that, like, that little jig going on? I, I used to read the Old Testament. I mean, I, 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 years ago, before I really started, well, before I started living for God, I used to pick up the Bible and try to read it. And like most people, you open the Bible up and you start reading at the beginning. And I would read through some of that stuff and I'm like, going, what in the world does that mean? I mean, come on, what does thee and thou and this one begot that one and that one begot that one? And I'm like going, what does this mean? It was confusing to me. It literally was. And, and so then when I went to Ramah, where actually it's probably, probably before that, I heard this. As Christians, as a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be spending the majority of our time in the New Testament, especially in the epistles because the epistles were written to us. Amen. Now, you can read through the gospel messages because that's talking about our Lord and Savior and how he did things and we're supposed to follow his example. But so I primarily spend the majority of my time reading in. <laughs> how you doing? I thought you, I said something wrong there for a second. Glory to God. <laughs> anyway, I spent the majority of my time and I still do in the New Testament. But one thing I've started to do even more now is as I'm reading through the Old Testament and I read stories like about Isaac and about Abraham and about Moses and all these other ones, I start to think about this. God did that for them because he was in covenant with them. Isn't it true? He did it because he was in a blood covenant with them. How much more will he do it for us? 
We are in blood covenant with him. But the blood that our covenant has been sealed with isn't the blood of bulls and goats. Our blood, our covenant's been sealed with the precious blood of Jesus. Ha ha! It is an eternal covenant. It is forever sealed. I'm in, oh, glory to God. See, I read about Abraham and I say, God, you blessed him because he was in covenant with you. I, I see it, God. He was very rich with silver and gold and with cattle. Woo, you blessed him because he obeyed you. He stepped out in obedience. Well, glory to God, I'm your child. I am a child of God. And I, according to your word, am now an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Did you, did you hear what I just said? I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Did you know that the Bible says all things are his? I don't know if you really heard what I just said. Did you know that the Bible says the silver and gold are God's? Sorry, I haven't even got to those messages yet. Sorry. Thank you, though. Now, get what I'm saying. This, all the silver and gold is his. I'm an heir of God. Okay, uh, I know this is kind of hard to grasp. I know this is kind of hard to grasp. But if it's true that all the gold is his, all the silver is his, and I'm an heir of God... Could I not safely say that as an heir of God, all the gold and silver are mine? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Why would we, why would we ever think that God wants, would, 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 would withhold it from us if we're in a blood covenant with him? Uh, I had not planned on getting off on this, but this is really, really good. I'm in blood covenant with God. I'm, in, I'm, a, I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Hallelujah. All that this Bible says is mine, is mine. All that this Bible says I can do, I can do. Oh, I hope you're listening. All that this Bible says I am, I am. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can you see how, if we can allow God to renew our minds to this, these glorious truths, it will take us to the next level? I know sometimes people think, well, well that just sounds selfish, that you want to have so much. <laughs> if you do not believe that God is able to not only bless you so much, but then use you to bless others so much, then you don't know my God. My God is able. He's a, I heard one minister say this to, that, that God spoke something to him. He said, he, it was Keith Moore. He said, brother, he said, to, he, said, he, said, he said, Keith, I can make you a multi-billionaire at the blink of an eye if I wanted to. But it's not up to me. It's up to you. It's up to what you can believe. <laughs> it's up to what you can believe. It's up to what you can believe. Remember, believing is really not difficult. You're going to believe something one way or another always. You're either going to choose to believe it or choose not to believe it. 
And that's why I say all the time, if God said it, settled, bam, done. Now, I, Daniel Greenwald, with my lightning quick mind and choosing to believe it. Hey, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to take advantage of this? Oh, thank you, Jesus. And yet, how many Christians are living so far below their privileges in Christ? How many people are not living in this life and life more abundantly that Jesus Christ came to give us? I mean, if you were to go to a whole bunch of Christians today, in fact, if I walked into some churches today and I stood at the pulpit and I said, how many of you believe that God wants you poor to teach you to be humble? Oh, yeah, yes, oh, what a bunch of stinking lies. That is such a lie. God doesn't want us to be poor to be humble. You know how you get into humility? You want to know the number one way to get into humility? By being obedient to God. To do what his word says. That's true humility. And it is an act of your will. I humble myself under your mighty hand. But notice as I humble myself under his mighty hand that he gives me grace. Grace to run my race. Grace to fulfill destiny. Grace to be a blessing. Oh, are you listening to me? Hallelujah. God wants us blessed. 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 Glory to God. I said this years ago in this church. My name is Daniel B. Greenwald. It used to be Daniel Brooks Greenwald. Now it's Daniel Blessed of the Lord Greenwald. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. I, can, I, I, I cannot express this to you enough. This is, keeps rising up in my heart so much that our best days are before us. Our best days are before us. I'm not saying it's not going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. But your best days are before you. As long as you make that quality decision, I'm going to live for God. No matter what else is happening around me, no matter how much I'm being tempted, I am not going to yield to my flesh. I'm going to follow after God. I'm going to do things His way. And I know as a result, I'm going to be blessed. For you not to be would make God a liar. For the Bible says, the doer of the word is blessed. Are you with me? So why aren't these people, uh, 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 why are so many Christians failing to live in this life? This life more abundantly. Number one reason is because of ignorance. I'm convinced of it. And that's not to say that people are stupid. They just don't know what the Bible says. They probably read over John 10, 10, and where Jesus has said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. And the first thing they think about is eternal life. I get to go live with Jesus in heaven. That's true. But is that all there is to it? Just like what I said before. If you were born into this earth, you live forever. I don't care how many people, how many people are on the planet right now? Seven billion? Over seven billion people? I don't know how many people have passed away over the years. But it does not matter. How many have come and gone, or how many are coming? If you are born into this earth, you will live forever. 
So it's not referring to a duration of time. It includes that, but that's not what this is referring to. I want you to get a hold of this. It's talking about a quality of life. Catch that. You have got a quality of life greater than anything that the world can offer you. It's an excessive life. God wants you living excessively. You know what, it, what, what people say? Well, Pastor Dan, you can't live, you know, can't live that way excessively. Come on. That, you, you know that money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. I said, no, it's not. Let's just break that down a little bit. How many drove here today in a car? How many put gas in that car to drive it here today? How many left from place that you're living in to come here today? How many, when you got up this morning, that place you're living in was warm? How many crawled out of a, uh, uh, from out from under a blanket, uh, on a, sleeping on something, a bed, a couch, or whatever? How many know that every single thing I just mentioned costs money? So for us to say that money is the, the root of all evil would mean that everything you own, everything that you have, everything that you, you need to survive on this planet's evil. Do you know how ignorant that is? It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Thank you, Jesus. See how the devil's twisted this? And, it, and what, in, what has happened as religion got onto it, hooked onto it, and it's been preached from generation to generation to generation. That is such a lie. My God, whose streets are pure gold, whose gates are giant pearls, and has the most precious, incredible jewels all over it, His will for you and me is to be blessed beyond measure. And not just when we get to the sweet by and by, but right now. He wants us experiencing this life in life more abundantly. So these people, so many Christians out there, their minds just need to be renewed. Amen. How many know that you need to get this image on the inside? of? We've talked about this during this study. If you're going to experience it out of here, you've got to first see it in here. You've got to see it in here. I said you've got to see it in here. You've got to let God do some painting on your heart. On the canvas of your heart. And you, I, mean, I, I, whoo, glory to God. I want you to start saying, God, paint it. I'm open. Paint, paint, do some painting right now. I need to see myself, God, living in the land of more than enough. I need to see myself, God, when Pastor Dan says, we need $10,000. We need $100,000. We need a million dollars. That I, I'm able to look to you, God, and say, how much, God, am I supposed to give? Half of it? Most of it or all of it. Now, I know some people like saying, well, Pastor Dan, tilt, tilt, tilt. I got like $6 in my account right now. Who cares? I said, who cares? If you start to obey God now, you're going to find out that this stuff works. And you're going to find all of a sudden the overwhelming abundance of God flowing into your life. And it's a progression. Sure it is. But the bottom line is, is God's will for you and for me is the land of more than enough. Ha, ha, ha. 
Glory to God. So how do we combat ignorance? Right here. I believe this is why God's had us on this teaching. One of the main reasons God has had us on this teaching. To get our minds renewed. To get the image on the inside changed. Hallelujah. You start to see yourself blessed in here. You're going to start to experience it out here. And the reason you're going to start to experience it out here. Because you're going to start to do what God's telling you to do. And when you start to do what God's telling you to do. You're going to get blessed. And then once you start getting blessed. Oh glory to God. Who can I bless today? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I haven't even looked at my notes. I better get on them. I've got a lot of pages to go. <laughs> How y'all doing? Praise you, Jesus. Talking about that. Okay, go with me this morning to First uh, Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to look at another reason so many in the body of Christ are not living in the land of more than enough and are not taking advantage of the overflowing, superabundant life that Jesus came to give us. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Praise the Lord. I love this scripture. I got a bunch of different uh, translations, so stick with me. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Notice, lay hold on eternal life. Everybody say, lay hold on eternal life. Remember, that's just not talking about a duration of time. It's talking about a quality of life. To which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Go on to the next translation. The New Living says, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly. Everybody say, hold tightly. To the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have confessed so well before many witnesses. The message, I like this one. Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life, the life you were called to, the life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. Boy, I like that. And then finally, do I have, don't I have the, is that it? The passion says, so fight with faith for the winner's prize. Lay your hands upon eternal life, for this is your calling. Celebrating in faith before the multitude of witnesses. Glory to God. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. The life that Jesus came to give us. The Zoe, God kind of life. We're called to hold tightly to this life. To seize it. To grab on to it. Amen. In fact, listen to this. Those words there mean to grab on to something so tightly that nobody is going to pry it out of your hands. Think of it this way. You're walking along. Come here, James. Better put that down because we might get into a rut, you know. Anyway, so we're walking along. We're hiking. Me and my son, we're enjoying out. And on. We're up on a high mountain, okay? Probably won't be breathing. I'd be really bad. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, and on this, on this side, of, on this side is a sheer drop off. I don't know why James has me on this side, but he does. And so, all of a sudden, I slip and I fall over the edge. James pushes me as I go. <laughs> You're ruining my story there, buddy. But I slip and I fall down and, and, and I just grab onto a rock. First of all, how many know I'm going to be holding on to that, that rock with everything that I've got? 
But then James, my son, no, I feel down too far, throws me a rope. Whoop, he throws me a rope. Now, how do you think I'm going to sit down? How do you think, how many, how many think I'm going to hold on to that rope? Just kind of, eh. If I don't hold on to that rope, I'm going to, bye-bye. I'm going to hold on with everything I've got. I'm going to grip it with everything I've got. That, my friends, is how we're supposed to lay hold on eternal life. With everything you've got. How? How do you lay hold on eternal life? Obviously, with these physical hands, you can't grab onto it. There's got to be a way to lay hold on eternal life. To seize eternal life. Well, you look at the first. Go back to uh, 1 Timothy 6, the, the New King James Version. Fight the good fight of faith. How do we lay hold on eternal life? With our faith. With our faith. Again, we allow God to change the image here. And we allow the Holy Ghost to renew our minds up here. And then once we get this revelation in us, then glory to God, there's nobody that is going to keep us from holding on to this eternal life that Jesus Christ came to give us and give it to us more abundantly. You see how I'm saying that? We're called to lay hold on eternal life with our faith. In fact, Hebrews 10.23. Most of these, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this scripture before. Where am I at? I'll get to it. Let us hold fast the confession, Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold, that's the new living. That's okay, I'll read this one. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. The new living says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Listen to this, these words hold fast. Come from a Greek word, K-A-T-E-C-H-O. I don't know if it's kateko or katecho, it doesn't matter. And it means this, listen, not only to embrace something, but to do so tightly. It's the image of someone who finds the object of their dreams and grabs onto it, holds it down, and refuses to let go of it. It's like when I saw Joan, I went running over to her. I grabbed onto her, and I'm not going to let go of her. I'm going to hold her tight forever. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. Hallelujah. Please let go. <laughs> but you understand, that's exa- we're supposed to hold on to that something. Something that is precious to you and me. We're holding on to it. In other words, the me- no, listen. That means the words hold fast and lay hold of are very similar in what they mean. And what this also implies is there's going to be things that are going to come along to try to get us to let go of those things. You've got to be ready for this. 
See, the very moment you step out in faith to believe God for something, the enemy will come and try to get you to let go of it. Your confession of faith. Your confession of hope. He wants you to let go of it. It could be an extended amount of time. You believe God for something. You release your faith for something. And then all of a sudden, the manifestation of it in this realm has taken time. Maybe a month. Maybe six months. Maybe ten years. Or in the case of my wife, maybe over 20 years. Are you willing to stand and keep standing? Are you willing to hold on? Refuse to let go. No matter how long it takes. Time will come. And, and the devil will see to it. And try to get you to let go. It just didn't work. It must not be God's will. Friends, if you are in Bible faith. Real Bible faith. It is God's will. Faith only begins where the will of God is known. You've got to know it in here. Before you can ever step out. You've got to know it in here based upon this. Before you ever can step out on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so if it takes an extended amount of time for the manifestation to happen out here. Or let's say this. You're believing God for healing. You release your faith. God I see it in your word. By his stripes I was healed. If I was healed then glory to God I am healed. I'm standing on it Lord. The next day you get up and you're throwing up again. Next day after that, you're throwing up worse. Next day after that, it gets worse. You know what most Christians would do? It didn't work. They let go of their confession of faith. They let go of this eternal life. And what you've got to be able to do is even if you get up and throw up the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day, for the next seven years, you just get up, wipe your mouth off, and say, glory to God, like I said, by his stripes I was healed. I'm not letting go of this. I'm holding this tight. Nobody's taking it away from me to it manifests out here. Amen. This has got to be the way it is. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on this life that Jesus Christ came to give us. No matter what the devil says to you, no matter how much time has gone by, it doesn't matter if the natural circumstances have gotten worse. The only thing that matters is what does this say? And if you are truly standing on it, it don't matter how long it's taking. You're going to keep standing. and You're going to hold on to it. And I promise you, you live your life that way, the manifestation is coming. I said the manifestation is coming. We're called to lay hold on eternal life. We're called to lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In, in, in fact, listen to this. Let me see if I can find it first of all. Look at verses 17 of 1 Timothy 6. I want you to get this because God was showing me this today. As I was sitting there, I was working on it. I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. Listen to this, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age. Stop. I want to ask you something right here. Who is this referring to? I guarantee you the majority of you when you read that thought of people who are so rich, so rich. In other words, you thought of somebody else. 
Am I the only one that usually when I used to read that would think that I'm talking about somebody else that ain't talking about me? Command those who are rich in this present age. So isn't it true, as we've seen during this study, that as followers of Christ, the very ones he came to give life to and give it to more abundantly, when you read those words, those who are rich in this present age, isn't that referring to you and me? <laughs> yeah, friends, I guarantee you, you get this, this is going to help you, because continue reading then. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, not to trust, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who we call to put our trust in, Almighty God, who gives us, everybody say, that includes me, richly, everybody say, that's me, all things to enjoy. Ha! This is talking about, this is written to you and me. Verse 18, let them do, now he's talking about the rich now, let them do good. That they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. The message says to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. <laughs> the New Living says, tell them to use their money to do good. That they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. And notice verse 19. Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come. That they may lay hold on eternal life. Ha! Ha! Do you see these scriptures are a... In a nutshell, explaining what it means to be blessed, to be a blessing. In a nutshell, they're, 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 they're explaining what it means to be living in that life, and life more abundantly that Jesus came to give us. God wants us to have the riches. He doesn't want the riches to have us. Are you listening to me? He does not want us to get over into pride. Well, look at me. No! He doesn't want us, he wants our trust to be in him. But when our trust is in him, he will bless our lives so much. Things to enjoy. And, and, and now, because I've given you all things to enjoy, you can do good to others. You can be a blessing to others. And as a result of that, you're laying hold on eternal life. You're taking advantage of this life that my son came to give you, to give it to you excessively. Hallelujah. Sorry, James. Woo! Are you, am, am, I, am I the only one who got that revelation? Oh! God wants this for us. He wants us to get this revelation. And obey him. Take a stand on it. Lay hold on it. And as a result of that, here come his blessings. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessings. Here come the blessing truck. Backing up. Beep, beep, beep. Dumping it all over me. But then why? Oh, then I can be good. Give. Sow. Look, share with others. Do this, this is, and then what ends, what ends up happening when that happens? When you, when you start to be good to others, and you start to give to others, here comes some more, and then all of a sudden,
do not know how big my God is. I tell you what, I tell you what, I tell you what. You get a hold of this, you start to apply this to your life. It's a lifestyle. I said it's a lifestyle. We're called to live by faith, right? Not just on Sunday mornings. Not just when Pastor Dan gets you a little bit stirred up. You're supposed to live your life this way. God, I'm going to take full advantage of this life Jesus came to give me. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to live in it so I can be a bigger blessing. Hallelujah. And as I'm a bigger blessing, God will multiply the seed sown. God will see more coming back to me. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to look around. I'm going to say, whoa, I am living in the land of more than enough. Okay, I'm just trusting that you're thinking right now. I th- I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, look, 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 look at me. Look at me, Linda. Look, look, look at me. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we have got. See, so many people. When you hear something like this, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up. Some, I'm not. You know, nobody thinks I'm thinking, talking about them. So many people hear this, and the, the first thing that's going to happen, the devil's going to jump on your shoulder. That's not for you. You don't have an education. You don't have any money. Parents are poor. You're poor. You'll never come up out of this. You got to say, devil, you're a liar. Because, see, the very moment I said, Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior, I became a child of God, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus. And now, because Jesus is in my heart, I get to enjoy and experience this quality of life that my Jesus came to give me. And not just the barely, not just like I've been saying, not a little dab of it, but to the overflow. Excessively. Super abundantly. I am not the one who wrote the Bible. I, I, I want you to get this. I, when I keep saying this, I, I want you to catch that. These are not my words. These are the words of the Master. These are the words of Jesus. If Jesus said it, that settles it. Now choose to believe it. Ha! I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it for you. I want it for my family. I want it for all of us. I want to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, you need to understand that God wants us to show off to the world. The world's supposed to look at us and envy us. Hallelujah. And, it's, and, and, and I understand people say, well, it's talking about peace. And it's talking about joy. It's not talking about things. Tell that to Abraham. Tell that to Abraham, who obeyed God and got very rich with silver and gold. And cattle, which was his business. Hello? Tell that to them. I'm telling you right now, get this in you. God wants you to experience life and life more abundantly. You are, uh, can I just, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. God wants this for you and me. Are you guys getting this? Oh, I, I, I trust these past seven weeks. I know it hasn't been seven weeks in a row, but go and listen to them all. Go over these scriptures. And again, when you read about the Old Testament, remind yourself, God, if you did it for them, 
how much more will you do it for me? I'm, I, 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 I'm now in, uh, in covenant with you based upon the blood of Jesus, and it's a better covenant based upon better promises. If you got him very rich, then glory to God. Woo! Now I'm starting to understand the excessive lifestyle you want me to be living. I understand it. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo! How many believe that's for you? How many can see that in the Word? Has it come across to you? Do not leave from this place today thinking that will never be me. Because if you're leaving here thinking that way, it's the devil's telling you that. It's for every one of you. You know, the only prerequisite for this is that you must be born again. And with this said, bow your heads. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've heard the word today. Again, like I said, there is but one thing to receive this life that Jesus came to give us, this life more abundantly. And that's the, I personally say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I've said it, and I will always say it. The greatest choice I've ever made in my life is receiving Jesus.